0: This is mission.org. I'm Alec Baldwin and you're listening to marketing trends and the Leads Art Week.
1: But first, coffee. Maybe you've seen the phrase hanging above a picture in a coffee shop or cafe, or maybe you first saw the phrase on Instagram, regardless of where you noticed it first. Those three words resonate with coffee drinkers around the globe, but it's also the mantra that drives Josh Zad. Josh is the founder and CEO of Alfred Coffee, a coffee shop less focused on the actual coffee and more on the customer experience. Josh joined Marketing Trends to discuss everything from building and marketing the Alfred brand to his new adventure with Calidad Beer. Plus, he talks about how to approach advertising investment and connecting with customers. Enjoy this episode. Marketing Trends Podcast is brought to you by Salesforce. We bring marketing and engagement together. Learn more at salesforce.com slash marketing.
2: Here is your host, Ian Faison.
3: Welcome to Marketing Trends. I'm Ian Faison, host of Marketing Trends. And today we are joined by a special guest. Josh, how are you?
0: I am great. Thank you so much for having me.
3: Yeah, thanks for joining the show. Um, We're excited to chat about coffee and beer, two of our favorite things on this planet, and uh, how to market them a little better. Also, your background. So let's get into it. How'd you get started in marketing?
0: Um, Accidentally, for sure. So I think through my entire educational career, and just kind of of matter-of-factly, everything I did work-wise from a kid was geared towards more entrepreneurial side of uh, the world in real estate. And marketing is something that just kind of sprung out of me starting Alfred and really gravitating towards that side of the business. I even attended a a business school and marketing was probably on the the lowest rung of the ladder for me in terms of importance and in terms of my attention during the course of my studies, because it was so heavily um, focused for me in terms of real estate and finance and numbers. So. Like I said, ironically, years later, it's marketing that has really become my passion. And, you know, I, I, I tell everyone that I might be like the, the founder and CEO of Alfred, but I, I really consider myself the creative director in a lot of ways and in charge of all those creative aspects of the business, including marketing, of course.
3: Yeah. Isn't that funny, right? So, you know, you, you start a company and depending on what your product is, uh, you know, like we always say on the show and Salesforce is, is the presenting sponsor. So it's an easy comparison, but. Like, I think Mark Benioff is one of the best marketers in the world, right? But you would never say, you never think that like a CEO needs to be that type of marketer. Obviously, you know, Steve Jobs, same thing, right? So it's, it's funny when um, a few marketers are CEOs, but how many CEOs find themselves as in charge of marketing for kind of better for worse for their, uh, for their CMOs.
0: Yeah. So in, in terms of my company, it's, we save some money too because the CEO is also the CMO. And the creative director, so I wear those three hats, and it's uh, you know, it's it's really what really what I enjoy doing. So it's been a nice for me to kind of find that that little niche of of what I like to do in life, and it happens to be my business. Yeah. So so tell us about Alfred first. Uh, Alfred is a chain of coffee shops. I don't like the word chain, but it works the best. Uh, we're a chain of coffee shops based in Los Angeles, California. We have a location in Austin and we have several tea shops in Japan but the core of our business is the coffee the core of our business is based here in LA we started about 8 years ago i come from a real estate background so i found an opportunity to to take a mostly unwanted underground space and at the time i wanted to kind of create something more in the hospitality realm third wave coffee about 9 years ago when i when i started was um, making some waves in the world in, in LA. And I thought it would be a safe, safe because you can kind of open early and close early. Um, and it's not a restaurant, which seems very stressful, uh, a safe foray into hospitality for me. And, you know, given everything that's going on with third wave coffee, like I mentioned, I thought the timing would be pretty great. Ironically, at the time, I thought that third wave coffee was kind of hitting its peak. And I might have been the last one in. But of course, now you fast forward years later, and it's the obsession with coffee is unending, continuous, and you know, coffee shops are springing up quite often everywhere you turn. Still, so I was at the the bottom of the hill, it seems like now, and still increasing with the amount of um, coffee shops and the attention to you know the anti-Starbucks, more neighborhoody cafes, which Alfred really seeks to be.
3: Yeah, you know, so I uh, I was actually living. Down in Newport Beach, and I had one of my best friends lived in West Hollywood in 2013. So i uh, i I wonder I wonder if I was there, you know, right at the start of all of this. You were. I could have been drinking Alfred Coffee, and i I didn't even know it all these years later.
0: (laughs) Yeah, we opened uh, January 2013, so you were there.
3: Yeah, I really was. That's crazy. What a world. Yeah, and I pretty much spent every weekend in West Hollywood. So there you go. (laughs) So you know, you have this moniker, but first coffee. How did this come about?
0: So again, me not having a formal marketing experience, any formal marketing experience or formal marketing background, my instinct was that we needed a byline, right? Alfred coffee. That's great. But what is Alfred? I needed something like, what was that, that, that real push? And for us, we embraced social media very early in the game. Instagram was kind of taking off at the same time. And, and, you know, Twitter had, had, had its moments, but the, the shareability of photos, the impact of photos was so important. Um, and I thought I was creating such a, such a beautiful product, of course, because it was mine. So it was the most amazing coffee shop, the most amazing Subway tile. I mean, you know, the emphasis I put on everything was... Uh, I was so proud of it. So in that regard, I needed something though that can, can really drive people and I needed to be more universal and give Alfred that leg to stand on. So we had a little mural wall, if you will, carved out. Um, like I mentioned before, the space was underground. So there's these stairs that you went into the first Alfred, you went down. Above it, there was this huge 10 by 10 area. And I had painted it black. And it was ready for a giant giant phrase, right? That would be our byline. What are we going to impact? And what are we going to impart on everybody when they walk down the stairs to go order their coffee? So I had the muralist. He was ready to go on a Friday. It was like Monday or Tuesday, and I was struggling to come up with something. And all I had was caffeine, sleep, repeat, which sounds ridiculous now. But I mean, we're talking like, you know, again, eight and a half, eight years ago. And it was pretty cool at the time, I thought, but it didn't really have that like oomph that I needed. So searching, searching, searching. Of course, the time where do you search? Same place you search now and saw the words. But first, coffee, it's like a meme of sorts when memes weren't more photos. They were just like maybe words. And I was like, that's it. It's perfect. This is the first place you come every day. But first coffee, it makes sense. It's 3 words. I stacked it, left justified. I kind of, you know, but... And then first gets bigger and then coffee gets bigger. So it's like kind of like the steps that you're going down to the cafe. Called the muralist, sent him the artwork. And I'm like, we're changing it up. He's like, are you sure? And I'm like, I'm sure. So Friday, he came in. He painted those words in white on that black wall. Perfect contrast. And nothing was the same ever again for Alfred. And that's how Bush First Coffee came into play.
3: So why the name Alfred? Uh,
0: A couple of reasons. Um, Main reason is uh, it's the butler from Batman. So I like the weightiness of the name or names in general, uh, proper name, proper nouns. There's an apartment in West Hollywood called the Jonathan. And I was always like, oh, you're never going to forget that name instead of, you know, just a made up word or, you know, like, you know, the... The Melrose Collection or something. Like the Jonathan is 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 memorable forever. So big into Batman, the Butler, it's service, it's weighty, it's heavy. There was a street a couple blocks over named Alfred Street. And I'm like, okay, that's like the the good like backup story there. So floated around a few other ideas for names, and I just liked Alfred, settled on it, and it was strong. So we stuck with it.
3: We'll get into marketing Alfred in in a second here, but you know, a few years ago, you also decided to start a second company, and uh, you know, first coffee, uh, and and then beer. Talk to us about you know why you wanted to make a beer.
0: So uh, I had always tossed around the idea of starting a ready-to-drink coffee line, but you know, the way I'm built, I don't like to do very. Comp- I like to take very simple ideas, like like coffee and then beer, things that they don't require much education to the customer, and then it gives me an open lane. To brand, market, and get really wild and creative and not have to necessarily worry about educating people or or, or convincing them to try the product, right? Coffee is coffee. If you can make a mediocre enough latte, which I'm saying ours is fantastic, but here's a latte it's milk, it's coffee, it's made on this Italian machine, enjoy it. Most people know what a latte tastes like. Most people enjoy the latte um, or they have their own variations of it. And floating around the idea of doing a ready to drink coffee, Again, I saw open space in the in the in the beer market, right? Most people were not innovating in beer in terms of branding and marketing. They were innovating in terms of flavoring and in the craft uh, area of you know hazy IPAs, strawberry milkshake IPA. I mean, all these all these really uh, esoteric, but but more for like the the specialty beer drinker. So when canvassing the beer landscape, I mean the the category that was really dominating and continuing to excel was always the lighter beer. It was primarily the Mexican imports like your Corona, Modelo, Pacifico, which had never been innovated in years. So I said, all right, what if I put my touch, my emphasis on branding, emphasis on marketing, and go into this, this business, the beer business. Again, you don't really have to educate people to the beer. If you tell someone this is a light beer, tastes like Pacifico, really refreshing when it's cold. They're either going to drink it or they're not going to drink it, but you don't really need to explain to them anything beyond that. So it makes my job much easier and floated the idea by a few people that I knew. And they're kind of just taken aback because everyone's doing things in terms of like functional beverages and coffee and sparkling waters. And they're like, you want to go into beer? Like that's pretty cool because nobody's doing that in my world. So finally decided to put it together, started working on the name, Brand and April of last year, which is uh, 2019, launched CaliDad Beer. Totally different than Alfred. Alfred gives me physical brick and mortar stores, immediate impact, customer engagement. And here we're talking about a product that's sold to distributors who sell to the retailers. So we don't even have any direct contact with anybody from Ralph's to the bar around the corner. We can just kind of check in, but you know, it's the way its set, system is set up. I mean, it's, we're, we're wholesalers. It's a whole different ballgame, but it kind of I liked like the the left brain, right brain, the patience of Calidad versus the immediate satisfaction of a cafe where you can roll out a special and see people order it. So overall, I feel very complete. And the fact that again, coffee and beer been around forever gives me a lot of comfort at night. So I can do my thing.
3: Yeah, I was thinking for you know, from a marketing perspective, uh, you know, one of the things we talk about a lot on this show is. You know, marketing to your end customer. Uh, you know, having that you know customer journey, the life cycle. What does that look like? Why do they come back? What does the experience look like? When you have a coffee shop or a tea house, you control essentially the entire experience, right? It's like every you know napkin, every aspect of it you can think about, you can craft, you can get feedback from people. But when you're selling beers, it's it's almost the exact opposite, right? Potentially, you know, you're, it's kind of like you send it away and and you never know. You know, it's like people at the bar could be taking a sip and then pouring it on the ground for all you know, right? So, you know, I'm curious, like, how do you think about your marketing approach to each of those different products?
0: Well, you hit the nail on the head, right? I control 100% of the experience in my cafes. I mean, everything, right? The music that you hear, the decor, the way you're greeted, you know, I could pretty much to a T. Nail that system down, and you know we have manuals galore for the cafes to address all of those kind of elements. Then you get to beer, right? If you're talking about grocery, zero experience, zero control, right? We sell into a Ralph's; they can put it on the top of the shelf, bottom of the shelf. They cannot even bring it out of the back. I mean, you're not about to walk in there and be like, "Hey, man, why don't you bring out the Cali Dad?" or "Why don't you bring it down here?" You know, that conversation is is just not happening because of the nature of of that machine and how busy those, the grocery stores are and just the way the system's set up. Bars, you have a little bit more ability to, to engage in the experience. You can walk in, educate the bartenders, tell them what you're about, tell them the flavor profile, talk about it with them. And hopefully, when a customer walks in and says, what's a nice beer, what's a nice light beer, or what should I drink? They're going to pick your beverage over the other 150 beverage options that they have. And they've probably been... you know. Addressed by those salespeople also at some point. So again, a little bit of control, but not so much. Um, so part of the insurance policy I gave myself with when I launched Calidad was we created a, a house called Casa de Calidad, which is here in West Hollywood also, and it's a full A to Z experiential hacienda, Spanish style, Santa Barbara style, the full embodiment of our brand. This gave me a lot of comfort that I would. We hosted a few events there, hosted a few meetings there. People walk in, they take a look, they can shoot some pool, uh, hang out, try the beer, and really understand what I'm, what we're trying to do with our brand. Of course, this is a very specific location geographically. You know, we have distributors in San, San Francisco. They can't come check it out. Friends in San Francisco can't necessarily come check it out. But uh, visually, we use that as a way to kind of to, to blow out what our brand is about and the, the vibe of Calidad, and then of course, people that got to visit it can immediately understand. So for me, it was a way that gave me comfort going into this new venture, pulling from the Alfred uh, experiential element and kind of bridging the gap there.:
3: One of the things with Calidad that I, that I saw is, you know so clearly is like the imagery, the way that the can is designed, clearly that is the number one marketing tactic that you have at your disposal is the way your design is because you have to stand out on the Mm -hmm. shelf, right? So how do you think about, you know, creating that design? Do you think about like changing the can versus keeping it the same versus, you know, creating, you know, variants and things like that? Like how do you think about, you know, getting somebody to 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 reach their hand in and say, I'm gonna try this?
0: Yeah. So people that know me, my personality, I can't sit still, right? So on the Alfred side of things, I mean, our logo, I mean, our logo, variations of our logo, our cups, our napkins, our bags, our signage. I mean, it's always changing. Alfred is like every two months, it's like a renaissance and it's just different, right? We might be doing a hard drop shadow in the logo and then now we have like a sticker logo that's more bubbly and friendly. Then we have like this hypnotic twisty logo for our app. I mean, it's all over the place. And that allows me to kind of get that itch off of my back. So, the challenge that I presented myself with with, with CaliDad was I'm going to work on this really hard from the beginning. I'm going to create something that is iconic and is everlasting, and I am not going to change it. Okay. So, part of that was keeping it very simple and to the point. What you mentioned, of course, you walk in and you want to buy a beer at the grocery store, you have hundreds of options. How do you stand out? Right. Some brands, Stand out via the name. Some brands stand out via the logo, like a really cool imagery. I decided early on the first instinct before you have to read anything or look at a logo is going to be color. So it was really important for me to identify a color that is the embodiment of our brand. We settled on this, this rich gold color, Pantone 143, Acapulco gold, as we like to call it, that is very California. It is the sun. It's also the color of the liquid, but it's very identifiable and it's, it's not used by any other brand. And from there, we, we kept it three colors with the gold leading the way and we have a dark brown and like a grayish white that we use. And those are our three colors. So the packaging from the can, if you see it at a, you know, in the a, a fridge at a, behind a bar, mm-hmm. uh, behind the bartender, or you see it in the grocery store in a six pack or 12 pack, it is just a color rush of that Acapulco gold, that rich color that you identify and you're like, boom, that's Calidad. You see an end cap with all of that color stacked, you know it's Calidad. So that was important for me to stand out. And I think it's really resonated with customers and it's been a big part of our brand and has allowed me to kind of just hone in on other marketing that kind of feeds right back into that that lifestyle, California, the color, and it it gives us a, a great guideline. That we try to stick to.
3: You know, it's really funny that you, you know, you talked about kind of building this this niche, which you know we talk a lot about. You know, niching down and and uh, you know building a category. This idea of like category design. Uh, how do you do that? And this idea that like the California style Mexican style beer is just not really something that was you know there. And it's funny. I've actually seen you know more recently. A few folks like locally that are kind of starting to make some Mexican lagers and things like that. So, you know, clearly you were, uh, you were really early to this uh, in, in picking a smart niche. I, I also say, you know, if, as someone who lived down in SoCal for a little bit, everybody drinks Mexican beer like all the time, right? Like it's definitely, I mean, I don't know the percentage wise, but it's got to be like the vast majority of, of beer being trendy, specifically in Southern California. But like, you know, there's also this, you know, the craft scene and this whole kind of like movement of, you know, smaller craft beers that has become so popular. You know, how much do you push into the made in California, you know, as as says H.O. in Santa Barbara on, on the packaging as a differentiator?
0: We did early on. California was a big part of our brand. Santa Barbara was a big part of our brand. But we've quickly outgrown even our brewery in Santa Barbara. So we've added additional capacity in Colorado as of recently, which we're pretty excited about. And it's just more automated. And, and of course, costs come down on our package product, which is our cans. Of course, costs come down means now we're in grocery stores at nine ninety nine. 99 Let me tell you the strategy though, before I get into the California elements. Launching a new Mexican beer brand, right? Made in California, it's craft, it's small batch, made in Santa Barbara. So for us the goal early on was we're not we we can't come in first of all cost wise we can't afford it nor reputation wise we're not there yet we cannot compete with you know the Coronas the, the Pacificos the Modellos. it's just impossible i mean the 899 a six pack we would get destroyed so our strategy was we're going to come in and compete on the craft level right we're going to be probably the only mexican style logger At the time in the craft section and the craft customer by experience is much more fickle and they buy things not so much price sensitive but oh this package looks cool or or wait the mexican lager made in santa barbara i'll give this a shot you know it's 12 bucks i'll buy six of these it's still you know two dollars each cheaper than any beer the bar for six seven bucks so that's like the more whole foods customer they curate it for you they have maybe 15 different beers in my local Whole Foods. And this one looks cool. I'll grab it. And part of that play was important for us to kind of get our name out there, get customers talking about us. And as we've grown, moving more into our long-term positioning, which is where we want to compete is in the, is the Mexican imports. But Mexican import is very price sensitive. So no one's going to come buy a $12 six-pack of Calidad when they have, you know, the the, the Tecate or the Sold they've been buying forever at eight, nine bucks. It's just eh, I'm not going to take this chance, you know, and I, don't, and I don't blame anybody for not taking that chance. So as we've kind of grown by necessity, we've outsourced some of our production to another contract brewing facility, Prices has gone down, we're moving into that Mexican import section. But as we get a little bit more brand name recognition, the Santa Barbara element has kind of fallen behind a little bit as we're not strictly made in California anymore. We're in both states. But I think we have a, a, a bigger leg to stand on now, first of all, on, on the price, and we've just been around for a while. so people are not like, "Let me try this new Santa Barbara beer." It's like, "Oh, Calidad, I love that." Or here's a light Mexican lager that's new and different than what I'm used to, and I'm not making any price sacrifices." So the story's kind of evolved for us, and I think it'll continue to evolve.
3: Well, you know, it's funny. I mean, it kind of reminds me of the Lagunitas story of, you know, when they they moved some operations to, I think it's Chicago, maybe. Same sort of idea. It's like, they're known for, you know, this craft brewing, you know, made in, not in Lagunitas, funny enough, but, uh, you know, and then all of a sudden, you know, now it's like, well, the water is different. This is different. That's different. But, you know, when you have a brand reputation for making, you know, great beer for a long time, then you know, you're good to go. I didn't realize how many locations, and obviously, like you know, I live in the Bay Area, but how many locations Calidad is in? You're at uh, you're Rocky's Market right down the road from me. I'm, I'll go pick up a six pack this afternoon. <laughs> it's you know this it's it's pretty uh it's pretty amazing the distribution that you have. I'm curious, like you know, I'm so I'm endlessly fascinated in in, in how marketing within retail stores you know is done and can be improved. You know one of the things that I've seen work really well is you know you have the really savvy reps that are you know constantly talking to the stores, right? Like, hey, you know the person who is the closer is the person who's you know at the at the counter, right? Mm-hmm. That's the person who says, "Hey, any good beer you have these days, like, yeah, go check out Calidad. Do you do anything to try to you know expand your uh your marketing? Efforts in store, and what do you do to, uh, to market the beer just broadly?
0: Yeah. So beer is very tricky, right? It's the old fashioned three tier system. As I mentioned before, we sell to our distributor, our distributor sells to the retailer, right? On the other hand, take like a water company. I mean, you know, let's say I own Josh's water. I can walk into to Bristol and just drop 40 cases and be like, don't worry about it on me, right? Directly from me to the retailer. With beer, first of all, it's legal. To give anything away. Secondly, my relationship is only with my distributor. So I've, at a fixed price, I sell it to my distributor. My distributor sells at a fixed price to the retailer. They could price it at whatever they want. So I can go in and do a sampling, pre-approved. I can go check on the you know the, the, the configuration. But really, I have no contractual relationship with the retailer. So I can go offer support and chat about it, but I can't really do much more than that. But again, you know, number one, it's it's all a people business, right? So you're saying. You tell me right now that that local bodega, the gentleman or, or the lady at the uh, register, they are the closer, right? So having a little bit of human interaction, a little bit of human touch, you come in there, you're like, oh, I'm a sales rep for Calidad. How's it doing? Well, you can maybe let people know that it goes great with lime, or try it with, you know, corn elote. Like you can have these conversations with those people, and it's and the buyer for that store, you know, it's. it's It's that extra human touch, like, oh, wow, like someone from Calidad came in. So-and-so beer. No one's come in in two years that we've been carrying them. So what do you think that that person is going to kind of help push? Or what brand are you going to think they're going to champion? It's going to be the one that gives them a little bit of attention and actually cares and sends people in there. And the way the system is set up, I mean, with our distributors, they're very busy, right? They carry 100 plus brands. They have a book. So you can't expect the, the sales rep for the distributor to come in and, and, and talk about you know all 100 of the brands or even 20 of them. They're busy. They're running around. They're trying to make the sales. They have the next place to be and the next place to be. So they do their best. But it's really up to us as the brand to connect individually with as many places as possible. they going in, talking to them, offering that support. Broader marketing, the way it's set up right now, the way the world is set up right now. I mean, digital is, is the move. Unfortunately, there's no really selling product online for us because by the time you take like a $9 six pack and $15 shipping, it's 24 bucks for six beers. doesn't really work for us. So for us, it's really about social, engaging customers, keeping a, a large disciplined brand image that people can look to, right? Someone mentioned Skydad. You don't know it. The first place you look is obviously going to be on Instagram probably. So you look there and you're like, okay, I kind of understand what these guys are doing. Next time you see it, let me check it out. It's great. Oh, the price is great. Let's go. So we really rely heavily on, on those, those connections and social is all we got right now. So
3: you're not doing like, you know, large ad buys or things like that, uh, or running like digital campaigns, things like that.
0: Uh, we have some, uh, some billboards in, in LA, which is our biggest market. So we have probably right now about five or six billboards around town. I think beer is a huge out of home billboard. Like it's just it's just what it is, you know. You're used to seeing these billboards all over the place. You exit the freeway, you're like, "Oh, Pacifico is now in a can," based on the billboard, you know. Um, or of course, Coors Light is all over the place. So we have some some at a, at a home, uh, digital, not so much because there's no there's no ability to really purchase and convert. So it's it makes me sad. That's not possible, but it's the reality with beer. So we kind of steer away from that and just do more impactful eyeballs on the road, kind of static billboards
3: yeah that makes sense i mean so you know when looking at something like um you know with with the challenges of the distributor stuff you know as i was kind of mentioning like i know some folks that are in kind of the supplement world and it's it's different but you know not not so so different but it is definitely there's an extra layer that's you know with beer but it is one of those things where like if you have like field marketing reps that are out there you know pounding the street, checking to make sure that, you know, your, your beer's in the right place that you want it, you know, checking in with the, the local, you know, shop owners and things like that. It does go a long way. And it's one of those, one of those things that I think as a marketing leader, you know, if you had whatever, you know, 50 grand and you could say, okay, I'm going to invest this in, you know, one person to be able to go, you know, and just cruise store to store, make phone calls, you know, Check in with people, or you know, spend that money on advertising. I think that that's a really it's an interesting decision to make because you know we always want to do things that scale really easily, but those in-person connections are really valuable. And just you know, having the person who is going in and checking on stuff can be the differentiator, and they can they can help you move a lot of a lot of product. The problem is kind of a zero to one problem. It's like. There's people who haven't had Calidad and then people who have right, and it's like the more you get to the head, the more they're likely to rebuy so it's like getting those people to just take that first sip or make that first purchase, and you know those retail sales associates can can be a force multiplier
0: yeah, and I mean I think given the the times right now, I just because it's been so long since we've had like any kind of festivals or samplings um given what's going on, I forgot about that, but That's a huge part of our business or huge emphasis for us prior to all the COVID stuff was going to festivals, food festivals, right? I want to be next to like the olive oil guy and next to the burrata guy. And like, here, try Calidad. That's where I want to be. I want to be sampling in BevMo. Have you tried this new Mexican style lager? Check it out. Here's a six pack. You should buy it. That's huge for us too, is connecting with the customers in the ways that we can in person. That's a much deeper, deeper promise and a deeper loyalty we'll gain. Then, like, we saw an ad and we bought this beer and it came damaged, not our fault, even. So, there's a huge emphasis on that, too, that I kind of left out just because we haven't done it. We haven't done it in so long. I forgot what it's like to talk to actual people. Yeah,
3: it's been so long.
0: <laughs> yeah. But you're right.
3: No, that's a, it's, that's a great point. And the samplings at Bevmo and stuff like that, like you, you, it's something that you remember as a, as a consumer, too. What about, like, you know, the traditional things like, you know swag and different you know different things like that giving out uh giving out coasters, curious like are you doing that stuff and then the other piece is like influencer you know obviously l a this city of uh, of so many celebrities and 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 artists and things like that i'd imagine that you've you've toyed around with uh, with influencers as well
0: let's start from influencer and go the other way so influencer is kind of tricky because unlike many other types of brands or items it's you can't really pull a fast one on someone and be like, I love beer. If it's like, obviously you don't love beer, it's a little difficult, right? It's not like collagen or coffee even. It's like everyone loves it. Um, there's a very particular beer customer and a lot of the influencers in LA and such. I mean, first of all, age comes into it. So like you're out, if you're under 21 and, you know, people have a, a, a lifestyle of, you know, exercise and not drinking and, you know, or you're a fitness expert and it's like, you're gonna, you just crushed five beers. Like, I don't really believe that. So it's a little hard for us on the influencer side of things, especially with those, like the bigger ones that we really, we work with like on Alfred and that really helps us. So influencers, we've kind of set aside. We have a few that we worked with, but it doesn't really move the needle for us. The other thing you mentioned was um, in terms of like swag is a huge emphasis for us, right? So we don't sell beer online, but we sell a ton of other amazing things that, that really share the lifestyle from cool keychains, to hats, to t-shirts, to sweatshirts, to glasses, to... I mean, like drinking glasses, pint glasses, all kinds of fun stuff. And we can, of course, give those away and do giveaways with those online. We can give them away at festivals at tastings. So huge emphasis there for us. That's really how we connect with the customer. That is what we can sell online. Um, we're actually working on a Michelada mix as well, which... Not only can we sell it online and of course, what beer pairs best with that Michelada mix, Calidad? Oh yeah, that's
3: great. I'm all in on the Michelada mix.
0: Yeah, me too. And then I told you before, like grocery, well, we can sell directly the Michelada mix to the grocery store. So I can go in and be like, here's some cases of Calidad Michelada mix, share it with your team, you know. And by the way, we sell your beer. So get behind it. Much easier to kind of push those buttons. But swag has been, been a huge emphasis for us for Cali as it's always been on the Alfred side of things, and allows us to cast a wider net.
3: Well, they, then you're competing though with the like random styrofoam cup with Michelada mix in it from the gas station. <laughs> yeah, uh, which more of those have been sold in uh, in Southern California than maybe anything else.
0: It's crazy. I agree, but we're we're stoked on that, and we have we're always doing fun things on the the merch and the swag side. I mean, does it make money for us? No, but it allows us to be much more flexible and really it all all points back to this flagship beer of ours.
3: Yeah, I mean I you know I think that um, I mean I think that that is ultimately you know it's it's the ultimate marketing cost, right? It's like yeah, we're going to we're going to make all of this merch so that we have advertisements running around uh, for people. I mean, I think about that all the time with coasters. I have um you know, I have coasters in my house that I I literally brought with me back from Australia because they were uh, they were really cool and it's like you know i my water glass is on one right now <laughs> and uh, you know those sort of things like you know they they live on koozies is another one that that live on for a long time I yeah. just, you know so many koozies that that have you know different different beers or sodas or whatever it is I mean like those those sort of things you know I'm curious like if you're running at a break even on your merch. Aren't you just kind of paying for marketing? I mean, obviously there's an opportunity cost there, but aren't those just ads that are going out in the wild? If people are willing to put their your brand on their body, that's a pretty good market signal.
0: Yeah, that's uh, our accounting company. That so all is marketing right there. So you, you hit the nail on the head. <laughs> there's no money to be made on merch. I'll tell you that much. So all marketing expense for sure. Yeah, no. Maybe we'll break even on some items like the, the sweatshirts, but the rest of it, I mean, it's it's ironically, just a quick little fun story. When we first launched really early on, we had these Navy hats. We still have these Navy hats. And a friend of mine is in the music business. He, he took a couple. He's like, let me get it on some, some of my clients, whatever. That weekend, uh, my cousin was in Vegas at a chain smokers concert at one of those clubs. And the, the, one of the guys, there's two guys, one of the guys was wearing a Cali Dad hat. And my friend is like two in the morning and he's like, what is going on? This is like pre-launch. So in the hat is like, it's impossible to miss because, you know, it's just, it's navy and white and it's this giant Caledad beer. So my friend sent me a picture and it was just like this moment for us. And I think it was like in a couple of the, uh, the, the tabloids also, just like a photo of the event. And there you go. So it's like, you could not pay for that marketing right there with a new brand, hot music artists, the highest contrast, like navy and white you can get on the hat, just advertising right then and there. So... Pure marketing.
3: So, yeah, I know. I know we talked a lot of beer, and uh, you know, I do. I do kind of want to before we get into our our lighting around here. You know, you're running two companies. You're doing you're doing marketing for both. How does some of that marketing spend shift for your coffee shops? How do you think about marketing for for Alfred marketing tea and coffee? Obviously, you know, a different experience uh, and a different thing altogether. Where are you spending your money there?
0: So we don't really spend money marketing on the Alfred side. What we do spend money on is creating a culture of employees. Is we do not cut corners on the product and the quality of the product. We don't cut corners on I think the locations that we have as part of our marketing. I think there's you know the the design, the decor, all of that is kind of marketing. I mean it's more one time, so it's not ongoing um, in that regard, but. I think in terms of employee culture, training, customer service, these huge things that we have emphasis on, because end of the day, you know, I, I need to get people an out for the first time, but I think all these other elements that we have, from a great cup of coffee, from the way you're greeted to a great location to here's awesome decor, to here's a fun sleeve collaboration we're doing. I mean all these things are these little like little hooks that will get you back especially something like coffee. It's a daily habit. So you just keep coming back, 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 back. We don't spend money on billboards. I mean, you know, what is it? What is a billboard in a part of town that I'm not there? So I have, you know, we have 10 locations in LA. So a billboard in Newport beach for Alfred zero digitally, we spend a little bit of money driving traffic back to our, our, our new website, which we're really proud of. But end of the day, our main sale is, you know, an iced vanilla latte, for example. So Selling a bag of coffee is, is great, uh, but we're not a, an e-commerce business. We are an in-person brick-and-mortar business. So we invest heavily in the cafes themselves and the people that we employ. It's really critical for us. That's our marketing.
3: Do you ever do anything to try to like, accelerate word of mouth or to get you know people to tell a friend or things like that?
0: We used to do all kinds of fun things. It's really hard to do now. <laughs> when we open a new location... We kind of, we do a free coffee day always, which is great. Get the neighborhood involved, invite local businesses, invite maybe there's a local newspaper like the Palisades to come cover it, get some excitement there. And hopefully it grows from there. But kind of the way it's, uh, it's evolved now, um, when you have more than like two or three locations, we like to do things that are done homogeneously across all the locations. And that becomes a little trickier with so many. We were much more wild and, and free when we're early on in the company. And now everything's a little bit more difficult to, to emulate times 10. But, you know, we're rolling out a loyalty program soon, which would be exciting for us. We have an app, which makes ordering very easy for people now. So we can use the app to roll out messages to our existing customers. I think we have like 35,000 downloads in three months since rolling out the app. It's just like we're evolving into more digital as a company right now, because we, we have to. But I think this is a, this is something that's going to stay when things, God willing, come back to normal soon. But yeah, it's really about just just nailing it on the experience when people come in and order a coffee, and the next time, hopefully, the next day when they need a coffee, being like, "That's the place I want to go to. The experience was awesome," and then they'll naturally tell a friend.
3: Do you ever cross promote brands with each other? You know, like in your stores promoting Calidad.
0: I do not. Early on, I decided it just did not make sense and I, it's kind of been a, a challenge for me to, to not do so. One of my locations in Koreatown in the wine hotel had a beer and wine license by nature of being inside of a hotel. So we sold Dad there, but we never promoted it on, on social that we had Dad there just, just uh, on site. And actually, the first time we've ever cross-promoted was very recently. We did a large Father's Day giveaway for um for Calidad and one of the items that was quote unquote donated was a pretty hefty Alfred Coffee gift card, which Alfred promoted. And that was the end of it. But two very different businesses, two very different reaches for the businesses. And you know, I don't want it to be I don't want it to to be like just doing it because I can, because I think it'll fall on deaf ears and it'll kind of cheapen the the strength of the brands in a way.
3: Yeah, I'd, I'd just be curious how many uh, how many folks cross over between the two groups. Like it'd be, and, and now that you have an app, it's like you could probably you know do something that's pretty seamless. Um, but I, I see what you mean. It's like, what are you going to do? Put like a you know display in in an in, in Alfred store that has like you know find Calidad at your local distribu You know what I mean? It's like. There's no real push through there, yeah. But in the app, you now that you, I mean, you have thirty thousand people you can you can market to, like you said, you know, certain types of promotions or things like that down the road. I, I would be curious how many people who like craft drinks, you know, coffee and teas, would be interested in craft
0: beer. Uh, what the what the crossover is? Hey, but you know, like Alfred is is hyper local, right? Like any coffee shop. So I think it's the the most important coffee brand in the universe. But, like, you know, you might go to Sacramento and they'll be like, "What? you know, what's Alfred? How could you blame that person? Like it's just it's an l a coffee shop they've never been to or never heard of. But Calidad, you know, we're all across California now. so in a turn of events, Calidad has a much broader reach now by nature of the type of the business. I mean, we can open a couple more states in in the next six months, and all of a sudden, you know, we'll be in Colorado, let's say, and we'll be in Kansas City and all over the place, and it's like, Cali, that it can move much faster, like a wildfire. And Alfred has to sit here and just open up like stores and, and, you know, have a hub and do this whole expensive rollout. I mean, that's the nature of brick and mortar, right? But beverage, much easier to, to gain notoriety. So it's kind of funny how that's kind of played out.
3: Yeah. So, so what's next? What's on the horizon?
0: Um, on the Alfred side, it's opening more locations in LA. I think we have a lot of work to do here. We have a few leases that have been teed up. We're working on on, on Venice. We're working on Malibu. We're working on Westwood Village, and and go from there. So we have some fun fun locations. Um, hired a designer for the first time, which I'm really excited about. It's going to be great. So really kind of taking uh, what we've worked on so far, all the design and all those elements that have been so Alfred, and kind of going wild with them and standardizing a little bit, but also not standardizing because it's just fun to be crazy for each location and, and adapt to the neighborhood. But certain elements will live through as they always do, all the locations.
3: All right. Let's get into our lightning round. These questions are fast and easy, just like marketing a Salesforce. You can go to salesforce.com slash marketing to learn more. Salesforce brings marketing and engagement together. Check them out. We love Salesforce. They've been with us since episode one of the show. 200 plus episodes ago. Lightning round questions. Josh, are you ready? Let's go. What's your favorite thing to order at Alfred?
0: Iced oat cappuccino. Favorite Booker podcast? Bill Simmons podcast. Love Bill. I love sports. I love sports. I love basketball. Me too. Is
3: there a hobby that you picked up in shelter in place?
0: Handiwork around the house. I love repairing things.
3: <laughs> Best advice for a first time CEO?
0: Listen to everyone, but also don't listen to everyone. Take the advice, but make your own decisions and don't be afraid to go against what people have told you.
3: If you were to start another business,
0: what would it be? A children's soap and shampoo line. The concept is laid out.
3: All right. Well, we'll, uh, we'll keep <laughs> our, uh, our ears to the ground.
0: It's wild. That one's wild. But I, I promised my wife no more new businesses. So <laughs> nothing. I'm not allowed. For now. But it's been brewing for, for like eight years in my mind. It's going to happen soon. And it's going to crush.
3: It's, <laughs> it's been brewing. Pardon the pun. Yep well awesome josh thanks so much for coming on uh this was great to talk about uh you know beer and coffee i uh i need i need a bit of both
0: yeah what what what, what phase are you in right now the coffee or the beer maybe the beer later
3: actually right now is tea so it's actually been a, a tea day oh beautiful but uh i'll uh, i'll head over to rocky's market and pick up a six-pack later on today i can't wait cool thanks man take care thank you so much appreciate it
0: guys
1: marketing trends podcast is brought to you by salesforce discover marketing built on the world's number one crm salesforce put your customer at the center of every interaction automate engagement with each customer and build your marketing strategy around the entire customer journey salesforce we bring marketing and engagement together learn more at salesforce.com marketing